welcome again to The Insatiable Appetite. I'm Robertson Allen, a senior consultant here at Hartman Group, and today I'm joined by my fellow colleague and senior consultant, Abby Cullinan, to talk with you about a topic that's on the minds of a lot of people today, and it's not COVID, it's sustainability. Um, Now, Abby, you and I have both been lead qualitative researchers on one of Hartman's flagship studies, uh, one that comes out every two years, and that's our sustainability study. I helped write the 2017 study, and you were a big part of the team that put together the study two years ago in 2019. And now we have a new study that's set out to come uh, out this month uh, called Sustainability 2021. But today we're going to be exploring some of the findings from those previous studies that you and I worked on. And I don't think it's an understatement to say that a lot has happened since 2017 and not just on the sustainability front. Um, But one thing that I do remember from being on that study four years ago was that one of our big findings in 2017 was that consumers were really starting to pay more attention to different aspects of sustainability, especially when it came to things like extreme weather events. And that's definitely one thing that we've observed this summer a lot. Um, And in 2017, we were even writing about the study. We were uh, crafting the study itself when Hurricane Harvey came through Houston And I don't know if you or other listeners can remember Hurricane Harvey, uh, because we've had several other hurricanes hit um, in the meantime. But in my mind, that was really one of the first extreme weather events where I heard consumers and the media making this more explicit connection between those extreme weather events and climate change. And that, in my mind, really started the conversation that we're hearing a lot more of now, making those very explicit connections. Um, what what have been your experiences, Abby, over the past four years, two years since you were on the 2019 study? Yeah, thank you for that great introduction, Rob. Um, it d- definitely set the stage for thinking about uh, the 2019 study and today. Um, from a historical perspective, I liked that you introduced the idea of Hurricane Harvey and climate change because in 2019, we certainly heard consumers being able to relate climate change to some effects at a local level or some tangible effects. And I think those extreme weather events played a big role in that. Um, and yeah. we we saw it in our research um, in, in 2018, Pew did a study and found that 59% of Americans said climate change was affecting their local community. Um, so I think all of these extreme weather events and um, developments in you know some of the things that were happening with government policy at the time was keeping climate change in the news and, and top of mind. Um, and we certainly saw some of that consumer awareness continue um, into 2019, you know, sometimes there was a little bit of ambiguity and uncertainty about how people would address it, um, but they were certainly concerned about it. And those dramatic events like Harvey, I think they they really lodged it in people's minds in some ways. Um, I think the other thing 
that was happening in 2019 that kind of brought this to the fore was that companies and brands were talking about climate change in more tangible ways. And I think that that had permeated more of our culture a bit by 2019, along with, you know, all of the other voices that are, that are talking about that issue. Um, you know, you could, you could start to see products that would explain how companies and brands were thinking about their, um, greenhouse gas footprint and things like that. So for the very yeah. engaged consumers, they were noticing things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And all these other things that started directly affecting consumers over the past few years. Um, I'm thinking about in 2017, China announced this ban, right? That they are not going to import recyclables from the U S and that ban started mm-hmm. in 2018. And that really kind of shifted the whole recycling market in the U.S., uh, where in a lot of local jurisdictions weren't really able to deal with uh, recycling materials on their own. And, you know, this is something that consumers had previously almost taken for granted um, throughout their lives. And all of a sudden, your city, your town, municipality can't recycle the things that you had been seeing them recycling for years and years and years. And even starting in the 1990s when I was a high school student and middle school student, um, I'd been hearing about recycling as really one of the primary things that you can do to to help things out. Um, And for a lot of consumers, recycling is still the primary way that they say that they engage in sustainability efforts historically that may be changing now. Um, And all of a sudden, this ability for them to do that has been taken away or diminished for a lot of nationwide. Yeah, I would say that we absolutely saw that concern coming up in 2019 um, and would say it was still true in 2019 that many consumers viewed that as one of the fundamental ways um, they would try to be more sustainable in terms of their personal lifestyle and Mm -hmm. seeing that some of the systems and infrastructure for that turned out to be vulnerable was bringing even more attention to the issue. Um, I think we also heard a lot about certain kinds of recycling. Um, Single-use plastics was one that was coming up quite a bit. Um, And and that had kind of worked its way into the vernacular in different ways. Um, You know, some folks had these really poignant images in their heads of things they had seen about plastic and wildlife. Um, There were others who had started digging into how to recycle it and finding that, you know, municipalities are no longer taking the materials. So there were both like emotional and and pragmatic drivers for the attention. And I think um, the qualitative work that we did at that stage also brought a lot of color to how fragmented the recycling landscape is in the U.S. and, and how big that, infrastructure pieces and affecting what people can accomplish. Um, And I think this is something we're we're really curious to see how things are going now um, because there have been some changes since then. Yeah. And, and, you know, recycling is such an individualized thing that consumers do. Uh, There's this burden that they have on them to get rid of their products. Um, And so uh, even though they're not thinking so much about recyclability when they're at the point of purchase, 
when it comes time to dispose of it, they definitely are a lot of them, uh, but it's still this more individualized action. And one thing that I know that I've taken away from our previous studies is that there is this growing sentiment among consumers that individuals themselves taking action is no longer enough if it ever was. And so there is this greater call to action that we've seen in our studies, a call to larger corporations and governments too, to step up and take action through legislation or through uh, other uh, corporate commitments. And that's definitely something that we're expecting to hear more of um, in, in our latest study. Yeah, I think recycling is a really interesting way into that bigger picture issue of responsibility. Um, also, because we've recently seen some new legislation targeting plastics and other single-use materials in fairly large um, state markets in the United States. And, um, you know, really looking for manufacturers and others in the supply chain to take more responsibility for the materials and to accurately label whether they are recyclable. Um, so yeah. it would be really interesting to see how that develops. It's, it's an area where I think, you know, we, we might expect a little reapportionment of responsibility coming. Um, we, we saw that on a large scale in 2019 where some of the perceptions of who is responsible for making our world more sustainable were shifting. Um, they shifted a little bit away from individuals, and then there were small bumps for corporations, which have typically been up towards the top, and then a really significant bump for government. Um, and one of the things that you and I were talking about as we were sitting and reflecting on these studies and their timing was in 2019 when we were fielding, there had been you know a whole series of deregulatory news from the government and, you know, even even consumers who may have identified as, say, politically conservative um, had seen some ways in which they felt like the government wasn't doing enough on the environment. Um, so it was really interesting to explore it at the time because there was this heightened context for the conversation. Um, and it was, it was definitely stemming in part from how active or inactive the government was going to be in the environmental space. Um, and, you know, it's just very interesting to me because since then, you know, we've passed that 2020 mark, that threshold when a lot of corporations set some key sustainability commitments. Um, there have been developments on the policy level. So all of these institutional and government actors and people's lives are, are getting reengaged with this conversation. And there have been some, um, you know, probably things I would see as successes or failures on the environmental level. Um, but mm -hmm. it is starting to shape perceptions of who's involved, um, what I can do, and also, you know, what I expect brands to be able to take on or, or think about when they're you know, looking at their products and their effects on the world. Um, I think in terms of, you know, what we're looking at today and from the perspective of so many, um, you know, years ago in 2017, what are the things that come to mind to you in terms of um, this, this issue of responsibility? Like, who, who's responsible? 
Yeah, yeah. I was just, as you were talking, I was just thinking about um, the U.S. withdrawing from the Paris Climate Accords in 2019, which we've since rejoined. Um, and even though that may not necessarily have been on the minds of most consumers, it seems to be really emblematic of the way that consumers are shifting their attention um, in the absence of government action to um, companies to make sustainability commitments. And um, we've really seen the shift in consumer sentiments uh, towards putting more pressure on companies themselves to take action. And companies are making um, more commitments to action and uh, taking making tangible action, whether it's uh, commitments to going net zero or carbon neutral by a certain date, like 2040, mm -hmm. 2050. Um, they're making these more kind of tangible commitments to show consumers that they are concerned with themselves and they're on board and they're taking things seriously. Yeah. And I'm thinking about the 2019 study. It was subtitled Beyond Business as Usual, uh, which was kind of a reflection of the moment where we saw those commitments from companies that they were sharing with consumers. And we also saw some things they were doing and, and sharing with regard to their shareholders. So really starting to reconsider the mechanics of how we look at long-term health of businesses in the United States. Um, and yeah. all of that has continued. And it's really interesting to reflect on, um, you know, amid other conversations from activists and, you know, other voices, companies have had to make new commitments, um, you know, looking forward and looking at where we are today. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see where things fall out again. And this piece on responsibility is interesting to me because with all of the disruption from the COVID-19 pandemic and all the ways that people's lives have changed, I think we also hypothesize that this has refocused attention on our households and are wondering if that will change the dynamic of how people talk about or relate to some of these issues. Rob, do you yeah, yeah. think that there's anything you see kind of from your long-term view of that as we've studied it at Hartman? Yeah, you know, it will be really interesting to see where things shifted in in terms of that and uh, consumers looking things a little bit more personally because like, historically at Hartman we have talked about different zones of responsibility for sustainability those being the more personal the more social environmental and economic orientations to sustainability and you know I think COVID especially has um, maybe shifted things to be a little bit more insular, consumers uh, thinking about more things uh, personally. Uh, but with last summer's and uh, greater attention to different kinds of social justice actions, there is this other trend that we've seen where consumers are thinking more systematically, more socially oriented mm -hmm. towards other issues. So it will be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out in, in our upcoming study.
Yeah, and I think we're really looking forward to sharing that update with our clients. We'll probably get a chance to hear from those researchers in, in just a few weeks on this podcast, and our clients will um, have our insights in hand very shortly. So um, looking forward to all the conversations that will stem from that. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think we're about out of time. Uh, Thank you for joining me today, Abby. It's been a really great discussion and looking forward to hearing more on the study here. Um, so, you know, consumer attitudes are always shifting in this space. And when we're thinking about sustainability, you can rest assured that we at Hartman here are keeping up with those trends. So please stay tuned. Uh, our upcoming study on sustainability is coming out at the end of this month, uh, September 30th. And uh, thank you for joining me today, Abby. Oh, thanks for having me, Rob.